Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. want to do bad things. That's real, yo. That's real at all, man. The more money you make, the more problems you get. And jealousy and envy is, is something that comes with the territory, man. A lot of people, it's just negative energy, like my man Paul said. What country you from? What? What ain't no country I ever heard of. They speak English and what? What? English, mother... Do you speak it? Man, you've been doing all this dope producing. You ain't had a chance to show them what time it is. So what you want me to do? Welcome to the Spurs Cast, the original San Antonio Spurs podcast. Congratulations, you have arrived at episode 420. That's right, Jose, it is 420 of the Spurs cast, the original San Antonio Spurs podcast, brought to you, of course, by ProjectSpurs.com. I'm your host, Ryan McCallum, and with me, as always, again, riding high on episode 420 of the Spurs cast, it's Jose Grijalva. Jose, say hello, my friend. You stole my line. I was about to say that. Merry Christmas, Merry uh, yeah, Day. We're, we're two days after Christmas. Yeah. How, how does it feel talking about? Being, how does it feel talking about getting mentioning Christmas? A little guilty. A, a little bit guilty and a little bit sad. I had an amazing Christmas. Got a lot of good stuff. Uh, a lot of good treats. Uh, I got gave my. I have a kiddo. I think I told you that. I have a young daughter. I spent uh, between mid on Christmas Eve. Midnight to 3 a.m. trying to put together a toy kitchen for my daughter. It took three hours. It was incredibly frustrating. I drank a 12-pack of beer on Christmas Eve trying to put this thing together. We got up the next morning. I'm super tired. She runs downstairs, looks at the kitchen, or runs down the stairs. She walks down the stairs. She's two years old. How can she run? She comes down the stairs. She looks at the kitchen. She, she audibly goes, huh. And then she goes and, and takes my cell phone. She goes, this is my phone, <laughs> and, that's, and that was Christmas for me, and that's all I needed was my kid just saying, you know, three hours worth of your labor and your $200 worth of cost, I don't care. I just want to play on the phone. 
I, I wish it was that simple. I, I, at least they want a phone. Remember back in our day, we what would we do? Play with rocks? Go outside? You know? Oh, you got Christmas gifts? That's amazing. Oh. I thought you just got tamales. Oh well, yeah, I made I helped make the tamales so I could have something to unwrap. Uh, I got a Under Armour Batman shirt. So oh, that's amazing. and and an, and an Under Armour uh the one with the big logo the the logo but in an American flag because America you know apparently my family's caught on so make it great uh, again it, it was great it was great so this I you know what I I was just thinking about this I know we did a little bit of pre-show but I didn't think about it until just now this is our second Christmas together isn't it. Um, have you and I, I been doing this a year together yet? I, I feel like it's been close to a year that you and I have been business together. Because, uh, again, the great Aaron Prime, his logo, his his T-shirt is right next to the jersey of Tim Duncan in the AT&T Center. So it goes Bruce Bowen, Tim Duncan, Aaron Prime. He was the former host with you co-hosting, and then uh, we transitioned to you and me. I feel about Christmas time last year. Could it be a year? Are we on our anniversary? Uh, I think so. But if you're going to retire, my I, I want my gym shirt retired. Don't retire a jersey. I don't wear jerseys. You know, uh, a jersey that I've got that I'm super proud about is uh, a Sean Kemp All Star jersey from Phoenix. Not when he, I mean, he didn't play for Phoenix, but you remember when they used to they did the All Star game out there in like '96 or something like that. I got a Sean Eons Kemp. ago. Yeah, no, '96 was the San Antonio, wasn't it? 96 no is when Brent Berry won the dunk contest, I think. 96? Isn't it? I have no idea. You're uh, the you boss. Just can't forget you, the, you, you, you just can't forget this, these things. Well, yeah, we, but it was eons ago. Well, I don't know how we got on that subject. Let's talk about Christmas, man. How was Christmas? Uh, it was horrible here in Douglas. Uh, just windy. Just just horrible. You know, I, I, I just didn't even feel like giving stuff out. But, you know, the, the good part is I kind of blacked out because I ate, like, four bowls of uh, menudo. <laughs> and, I mean, I just I literally blacked out for four hours. I just slept, drooled on my pillow. It was just – I just didn't want to get up. It was great. Christmas here was uh, – it, it's always good when you have a really young kid, right? Um, we had Christmas Eve. Family was kind of in, ta- in town, out of town, back and forth to the valley. And uh, when they came back up, we had a big Christmas day, which we usually do Christmas Eve. So this is new for me because a Caucasian Christmas is always Christmas morning. You get up, you have cinnamon rolls, you have some coffee, and you know, and then you open up your presents. I, I you know, I married a Mexican woman. It's uh, it's big Christmas Eve, and I didn't know that. And so for several years, we've been doing a big Christmas Eve, and there's a big party, and at midnight you open up gifts and all this stuff. And this year we had kind of a dispersed Christmas where, you know, the Hispanic side of the family was not here. And so Christmas Eve was lonely and I was putting together that kitchen kind of by myself. My father-in-law was here. My wife, of, of course, was here. My, my kiddo was asleep. And, but it wasn't this big party. So I felt a little lonely Christmas Eve. Yeah, it's I mean, it's really big uh, for Christmas Eve because the kids usually wait until 12 to open it. So, I mean, you get like five five hours of kids whining if they could open their presents already. So, I mean, that that's what a Hispanic Christmas is all about. There you go. Well, it's uh, it's not just basketball season, but it, it's big football season, college football season. Uh, you've been watching any of these bowl games. Do you care about that? I, I never talked to you about college football. Absolutely not. I, I don't watch college. Uh, I mean, I watch it. I just don't 
put a lot of attention to it. I appreciate their play. I'm more of an NFL guy. I'm a Falcons fan. Uh, clinched the playoffs this weekend. I, I think they can clinch a bye if they win. It's great times. You know, I'm, I I feel a little sick of all the winning. Remember, you know, Trump, he said he, we're going to get sick of winning. I mean, I'm already getting sick of winning. The Spurs having a great record with new players. And then the Falcons, it's... I just feel sorry for the rest of the the people around me. How are you a Falcons fan, by the way? That seems uh, very distant for you. Distant, you mean random, right? That I like the Spurs, I like the Yankees, and then I like the Falcons. Right. Uh, I liked Michael Vick before that whole uh, dog drama happened. I, w- I was a big Michael Vick fan, and then I just uh, I just uh, st- stuck with them. You're a Matt I, Schaub I just, guy. I, 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 you know that the first ga- the first game, yeah, absolutely, because he played the Cowboys. I remember that first game. Uh, no, he, no. Was it Matt Schaub? Oh uh, no, that, that's when Vic got hurt. I forgot who the QB went. Yeah, I went through the Matt Schaub era, and, and you know everything in you know uh, Matt Ryan. So I, I just didn't want to be like that random guy who just follows a player. I just think that's I just think that's random. I know there's a lot of people that enjoy that. Like I had a friend who loved Carmelo Anthony in the Nuggets, and then in with the Knicks, and I was like, you know, are you just gonna throw all your Nuggets stuff away? It's it's I, I'd just rather stick with the team. No, I I agree. NFL is more of a player centric, and then like college is about the team, right? And so for bowl games, I've been distraught for the past thirty minutes, uh, right about the time when you called me and said, "Hey, are we going to record?" Because this morning I played ball this morning. uh, Of course, dominated my series of one on one against my buddy Nate uh, in Cedar Park, Texas. We had we had to drive to a different city to play basketball. Um, and so I played against him this morning, and then we went to La Feria, which is a Mexican food place uh, that opens up at 11 that was going to have uh, bowl games on. And it was University of North Texas, my Mean Green Screaming Eagles uh, against Army. And uh, North Texas came all the way back, tied it up, and then overtime, screwed the pooch, lost to Army. So my one and only bowl game that I cared about this year, we lost. No bueno. Yeah, what can I say? <laughs> at least uh, who 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 beat them? Ar- the army? army, army. Yeah. Oh uh, well, I mean, at least you lost to the armed forces. Well, but you say you say that, but then the whole game, all I'm looking at is army getting all these calls that you just think about. Okay, right? They're America's heroes. I got it. You don't have to give them random holding calls. Uh, what can I say? America. That, that's all that matters, bro. <laughs> well, I would, I would expect nothing less. But uh, we're not here to talk college football. We're here to talk NBA, uh, Spurs uh, specifically. Uh, but before we get to that, we've had an interesting time in 2016. I don't know if this is our last podcast in 2016. But, you know, if you look back on the year, uh, you know, celebrities, pop culture, just life in general – We've had a very strange year, and listeners of the show, hardcore listeners of the show, know how much uh, the death of Prince impacted me personally. Uh, And then just two days ago on Christmas, on the 25th, uh, we had another death in uh, in the world of of music that also impacted me, not quite as significantly, but, but pretty seriously. George Michael died. Uh, at 53 years of age, and what I'm hearing so far is that it, I don't know if it's a heroin overdose, but it's complications due to, to heroin use. So I, I'm hearing it's a, it's a heart attack you know, due to uh, years of heroin use. Um, just a sad state of affairs. Uh, Jose, I don't know if you're a George Michael fan, 
But this guy, amazing singer. I'm not sure if he's an amazing artist. I don't. I mean, whatever. But pop culture icon and a guy who, for years, probably a decade at at least, living a lie, sex symbol for women, um, just in general, uh, homosexual man, and living that living a, living a lie. You know, his sex symbol for 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 women all across America. They were in love with him. Um, and then, you know, has the courage to come out and, uh, you know, and, and state his, you know, kind of his, his beliefs and, uh, and his preference, uh, very brave individual, uh, very much in the public limelight. And, uh, and so kind of a forerunner in that fact, lived that for, for, uh, maybe 20 years or so. And then, and then just died. So somebody who I really respected, I really liked his music. Um, been to several of his concerts. My dad actually almost got kicked out of a George Michael concert in Dallas one year, <laughs> which is a funny story. Um, but just an amazing guy. I respected a lot. I really liked his music. Um, not quite as big of a part of our household as Prince. Uh, I mean, not even close, but, uh, but still a guy I respected so much. George Michael died, man, two days ago. Did that, do, you, do you know about that? Do you know George Michael? Do you care? Uh, well, I know who he is. I, I've never really, you know cared for his music uh but i'm with you you know in your comment where you said that you know 2016 it's just been depressing hasn't it you, you just feel like this is the year that death just decided to take everybody that you know may i guess made a difference you could say uh because all the deaths hit hard and uh you know you came up with a pot earlier this season with you know the celebrity de- deaths that you know impacted you so uh i'm just you know I, i'm just still in shock that all this is happening you know i i know that a lot of people die every day but, you know, these big names that impacted society, pop culture, I mean, it, it's really taken a hit for this generation or our generation, I guess you could say. Yeah, I mean, you, you hit it right there. I mean, a lot of people die every day. And I guess the commentary could be, well, you know, so what? George Michael didn't impact my life. So why do I care if he died? But for people like me, I mean, some of the, you, you talk about somebody as talented as that. You deserve a little bit of, of a different level of respect. And George Michael is extremely talented. And, you know, when you talk about the best singers, just outright singers of all time, it's strange that you you get pretty far down the list before people start talking about George Michael. But I feel like he should be way up the list. Um, I thought he was just an amazing singer, had some great songs. To be honest with you, I don't know if he wrote his own music or not. Um, was definitely, uh, you know, pop culture all-star there in the 80s, early 90s. Um, but uh, I, I don't think much longevity. But to the true fans, I mean, it's, it's a sad day. And, you know, I went, I just talked about University of North Texas being green. Um, George Michael's boyfriend was a Sigma Chi at North Texas at the same time that I was uh, at North Texas. So there's a little bit of a, of a tie there. So, and a tie to Texas as well. So George Michael's um, ex-boyfriend was a, uh, was a North Texas Mean Green student and uh, a citizen. It still is a citizen of Texas, so a little bit of local tie. But it, he's not the only guy. Yesterday, um, you know, I got news that Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia, uh, took uh, uh, took ill. She was on a flight from London to Los Angeles uh, and had complicated. First off, this is the scariest thing that could happen to you, right? You're from L.A. You're flying to, or I'm sorry, you're in London. You're flying to Los Angeles. You have a little bit of medical disorder. You start having heart, you know, I don't know what the symptoms are. I don't know how you feel this. I don't know what a a heart attack or, you know, symptoms like that feel like. 
but uh, she's on a plane from from London to LA, and she starts having some some challenges, and and she ends up going into cardiac arrest on the plane. They land emergency landing, take her off the plane. Um, rush her to a hospital. She's non-responsive. She gets to the hospital. They're taking care of her. And then for a day, you you don't really hear anything. And then this morning, which is Tuesday, uh, you know, Tuesday morning, you hear that Carrie Fisher died. Princess Leia uh, has died. And she's had years of, you know, battling alcohol, battling drugs. She just came out of, you know, with a book um, about uh, her life. Um she had a book that got turned into a movie, uh, Postcards from the Edge, which is a Meryl Streep movie. That was actually a book by Carrie Fisher about her life, um, drug use and, and all of that. A pretty amazing, amazing story. Um, and Carrie Fisher died. And you talk about pulp culture icons. That's Princess Leia. And she's been in a bunch of other stuff. But that's Princess Leia, and and you know I know Star Wars Rogue One just come out, and there's going to be another Star Wars soon. And Princess Leia was just in the Star Wars of last year, or I'm sorry, Carrie Fisher. See, I already did. It. You automatically associate Carrie Fisher with Princess Leia. Uh, Carrie Fisher was just in that movie last year. It's pretty amazing. I mean, Carrie Fisher just died. So that that three bedroom apartment in the sky is getting filled, man. George Michael, Carrie Fisher, all within a day of each other. What what, what did Carrie Fisher that death? Did that do anything to you? I, I imagine that did more to you than than George Michael. Oh yeah, I mean, th- there were two the biggest pops when I went to see Rogue One were uh, of of course Darth Vader coming out. And spoilers, just, uh, spoilers, spoilers. Well, you know he was going to come out. I'm just not going to tell you what he did. You know, he came out two times. That that was, you know, a big pop in, in the theater. And then uh, at the end, they had uh, Princess Leia come out, which yeah, I guess spoiler alert, whatever. But I mean, you know what? If you haven't seen it by now, shame on you. You, yeah. you deserve to be spoiled. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that, that was the second biggest pop there because, I mean, you know, she's such a – I, I, just a, an awesome figure in in the Star Wars, you know, uh, series. I, I mean, it's sad nowadays. Not right now, I'm just hoping that you know we just get through 2016 and we don't hear anything else negative. It's just a sad situation, especially when when you hear that uh, you know these uh, artists and sometimes athletes battling through these addictions, you know, because of what they did, you know, all you know the bumps that they took, the hits, or you know, just you know, growing up a child star, you know, gr- growing up in the limelight. Uh, the spotlight of Hollywood. I mean, it, it's sad situations, especially when they've overcome for so long, and then something like this happens. So, um, just thinking of their families for the, you know, for for the losses for you know everyone that that's been lost and and what the families have endured. You know, I was thinking um, about that three bedroom apartment because it usually ends up in threes, right? And so I imagine them as a three bedroom apartment in the sky and. Uh, I'm not the originator of that concept. There's a radio station in Dallas that started doing this. When people die, like celebrity deaths, they staff a you know a, an apartment complex. You, you know, um, Robin Thicke's dad, Alan Thicke, that guy just died too, ruptured aorta playing hockey. So I think he's the third member. So inside of that apartment, it's Alan Thicke, Carrie Fisher, and George Michael. Doctor Seaver. Yeah. Exactly. Growing pains. I still bump that on the way to the gym of uh, because you, of I, course I, I, you do. You know, I bumped the Growing Pains theme. You know, there's some Hulk Hogan Real American around there, depending on what I'm wearing. Uh, if I'm wearing patriotic stuff, it's Real American all the way. Scott Steiner's theme, all these different themes. So, Scott Steiner's uh, theme. <laughs> absolutely, when I do arms, okay? Anyways, uh, yeah, so I, I mean, Alan Thicke also caught me by surprise, and especially the way he passed. You know, he was playing hockey with the son. 
Uh, and then he, you know, he started having those pains. So, I mean, it, it's one of those things where, uh, again, you, such a sad situation how, on, you know, uh, the situ- on how he passed. Devastating. Devastating. But, well, let's switch on to a lighter topic. Um, so I'm sitting in La Feria that I was telling you about before, getting a little uh, Mexican food, watching the, the start of the North Texas game, and then I get a beep on my cell phone. And the beep is the, the little auto alert when you have an email coming in. The email was a travel zoo update that said I could upgrade seats to the Royal Rumble in San Antonio, Texas, inside of the Alamo Dome on January 29th. And I said, hold on, Royal Rumbles in San Antonio at the Alamo Dome? I had no idea. I immediately jumped on, grabbed two tickets. I'm going to be at the Royal Rumble this year. Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg versus 28 other people inside of the Royal Rumble in the Alamo Dome. How about that? Uh, I'm not going to lie. I was thinking about going, but I just did not have the cast to do it. And so it sort of surprised you all. Uh, I, I think it's random. The Alamo Dome. I mean, it, yeah. it's and it's a bit. I mean, they tried it once. You remember in a uh, Royal Rumble, uh, when it was it 90, 97? That's when Austin won. And uh, Shawn Michaels fought Sid. I mean, they, they couldn't really sell that out with the hometown boy there. So I'm hoping they have better luck with all the old geezers out there. I don't know who's winning. It's sort of predictable. But now, you know, th- this year I, I don't really know who, who might win. Well, dude, if you get if you can get out there, I got your hotel and your drinks. So just get there. And you can get a seat. You know, I when I went on StubHub, this, the, the, uh, which is the only app I use, friend of the show, future sponsor, um, it was like forty-five bucks for a seat on the lower level. And how how many people? Do, how many seats does it hold? It's way bigger than the uh, AT and T Center, oh, right? It's, it's huge. It's huge. I'm a, I'm over by the ramp. I'm like on the the. Uh, I don't know if you're looking at it. It's, if you're looking at it like it's a clock, I'm on. I'm like at seven o'clock, uh, right at the ramp. Uh, and it was like forty-five dollars, and they have like four thousand tickets on StubHub. Well, that's not bad. Uh, I went to the Royal Rumble actually when it was here in Arizona. I was right by where the ramp is. Uh, I forgot who threw who threw a shirt. I think it was Brodus Clay. I'm not too sure. Or the I forgot who it was. Uh, and I, I I was right next to the guy that caught it, so I was kind of that close. But man, the pyro just smells horrible. So I, I oh, pity really? you because <laughs> it's gonna smell like eggs the whole time. Oh, I'm gonna be so lit by then. It doesn't matter, man. The night before. Uh, oh, do you know what lit means, sir? I do. <laughs> I'm, I'm it right now. It's it's the holidays, man. Uh, <laughs> North Texas Bowl game. I've I've already turned it up. I have a little Yeti low ball rambler that uh, that I got for Christmas that I've been taking full advantage of. If you can't tell from my uh, always shaky voice, but it's even shakier right now uh, because of the wild turkey and Dr Pepper that's inside of my cup. Here, listen to this. That's an East Texas mating call. You ever heard that I, before? I, no, sir. But, you know, it, it kind of sucks that I won't. out of the piney woods. <laughs> it it kind of sucks that I won't be able to go. Because, I, I I, mean, I'm st- uh, Vegas is my usually year-round thing nowadays. So Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll we will work. We'll meet one day. We, we will. will meet one day. And it will be glorious. <laughs> It'll be like two whales smashing in the ocean. You you've been. I hope by smashing you just mean. Let's move on. You know whatever you want, whatever you want. Let's talk basketball, man. Let's talk basketball. That's what we came here to do. 
we have two subjects for the day. Not not much has been going on. Spurs have been continuously dominant, off to a great start, as we know. Uh, you know they've been playing. I want to say out of their head because um, neither I, neither you or I nor I uh, expected them to have this kind of chemistry this early in the year. It's been pretty phenomenal, um, and, and just I mean just amazing all the way around. Uh, second best record in the NBA, uh, just doing a great job. Coming off a big Christmas Day win against the Bulls. And I want to say, as the uniforms are, there is not a better Christmas Day uniform that has ever existed than the San Antonio Spurs black and gray uh, that we saw on Christmas Day. What do you think about those uniforms, man? Those were looking sweet. I, I want to order one of those immediately. I absolutely hated them. I preferred last year <laughs> just because they look kind of. Of course, they, they look like I don't like, like I, I don't know. Like if it was a food, last year's would, would have looked delicious, you know. Uh, I I just think they need to be more creative with this. I think they're trying to be too. Uh, I don't know the word for it. Like uh, I don't. It's not fancy. They, they're just trying to be too sophisticated. They, they're trying to. Oh, it's Christmas Day. Let's you know. No, you know what they should do? Get jerseys. Have you know maybe have like a local contest and have the kids design like an ugly sweater type jersey, you know like I, I mean they had uh, they had those for the uh, pregame warmups right yeah. like they had like an ugly sweater type thing that was just though. but but make it into the jersey make it unique you know just don't I mean it, it's it's just like little fancy writing whatever I just thought it was plain if you're gonna go plain go last year's so, at least it brought some. Like that creamish color, right? It was like grayish. Yeah, was yeah this one's just straight black and gray. And I, just, I was thinking, man, these look like the Oakland Raiders, man. So bring my kid back into it. She was watching the game. She's a, she is actually a legitimate a basketball fan. She loves basketball. There's a lady in my neighborhood. I don't know if I told you this. She used to be um, – she was like a, a the number one pick for Minnesota in the WNBA uh, 10 years ago. And she's she lives in my neighborhood, and so Michelle or Michelle uh, L, my my kiddo, is a big fan of her. She watches basketball legitimately, loves it. She was watching the game, and she kept looking at Craig <laughs> Popovich, and she kept going Santa Claus, Santa Claus, because she just learned that word. <laughs> she looked at Pop <laughs> with that weird beard, and she kept going Santa Claus. <laughs> Were you, oh, sell, uh, you selling out on me for that or what? Come on. Oh, I, I mean, I just thought that was cute. I, I just, you know, I, I don't know if you'd consider Pop Santa Claus, especially during those little uh, mid-game, uh, what is it, after quarter, before the, the quarter interviews? Yeah. Uh, I, just to take her away from the TV on that one, just in case. So it won't ruin the image of good old St. Nick. That's that's right. That's right. Well, uh, it's not all Spurs today. We're going to talk uh, All-Stars. All-Star voting has started. I don't know if you've already voted, but we're going to talk about who you should be voting for. Uh, and uh, and then we'll talk about the Spurs' past 10 games. Paul Garcia just had a great article on ProjectSpurs.com, uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk our way through that. Uh, I'm going to start, though, with the All-Stars. Have you already voted for your All-Stars, by the way? Technically, I have because I retweeted a lot of stuff. So, I mean, that, that counts as a vote. So, I guess I have. It's weird how they've done that. The NBA has totally embraced, even though the NFL shows games on Twitter during the regular season. I feel like the NBA has embraced Twitter way more than than the NFL has. 
So I actually went on NBA.com um, via my app and, uh, and and made my votes. So what I want to talk to you through, talk to you through. Let me try that one more time. Uh, is talk through the, your your votes for the West: two backcourt players, three frontcourt players, and then we'll go to the East: two frontcourt players. I'm sorry, three frontcourt players, two backcourt players, um, and your reasoning for voting for them. So if if, uh, if you want, I, I can go ahead and start. Uh, with the West, from a backcourt perspective, um, it, I, for me it was a no-brainer. It's Russell Westbrook, 32 points a game, might be the best player in the NBA right now. He's 100% the most explosive player in the NBA. More triple-doubles than the rest of the NBA combined, uh, averaging 32 points a game. He's just amazing. So the point guard from Oklahoma City, uh, I have Russell Westbrook as uh, as not just one of the players in the All Star game, but runaway for me favorite for the for the MVP. Um, also, oddly playing the same position in the front court is uh, James Harden. James Harden from the Houston Rockets is averaging twenty seven points a game, but the guy is right behind Russell Westbrook in, in terms of triple doubles. Um, has adapted to the game of Mike D'Antoni phenomenally. He's an unbelievable point guard. Uh, we, we knew he's an unbelievable scorer, but he's a terrific passer. He's a great rebounder. Um, I think James Harden is just amazing in his newfound position of, of point guard for the Houston Rockets. So, Jose, from your vast experience and years and years of following the West – um, who are your all-star favorites in the uh, backcourt in the West this year for the all-star game? Who are you? Who were your two? I, I literally just said that. I mean, I'm talking within the past 30 seconds. I said that you weren't listening at all. I said Russell Westbrook <laughs> and James Harden. Absolutely not. Cause I was, <laughs> oh I actually went, to, <laughs> I, I went to the page so I could um, vote, you know, like so I could uh, pick out the players because I wasn't really ready. I just left my mouth. Um, I, I agree with you. And the only thing that, that kind of makes me feel bad is you kind of have to leave Steph Curry out of the, the discussion. But he's had to take a step back to Durant. So I, I think that automatically disqualifies him, especially with the other, what the other two are doing. They're basically the main and I think really the only options. If you take them out of the lineup, both of those teams are just so horrible or, or below average that you know that we wouldn't even be talking about them uh, sniffing at contention or a, at even a playoff spot. So I agree with you. It, it'd be Harden and Westbrook, both MVP candidates. I, I, I totally agree. So so not just for the All Star game, but MVP candidates. And 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 so far this year, I know we're, we might talk MVP here in a minute, but um, both of those guys are leading the way, and and the only guy that I see falling up is probably LeBron. Uh, to to that, I thought Kawhi was going to be. Or right up there with with MVP, but I, I see it as Westbrook, Harden, LeBron, sort of, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But I, I feel like those guys are, are leading the pack by by a long shot. So in the West, let's talk front court. Um, for me, uh, and not just because I'm a homer, but I've got Kawhi Leonard as and he does amazing things defensively, things that never show up in the stat sheet. I know that's your big thing, um, but on the stat sheet, the guys offensively averaging 24 points a game. Defensively, we know he's an amazing uh, talent. Uh, I have him winning so far 
uh, if you count the All-Star game as, as a true midseason, I have him winning the Defense Player of the Year for a third year in a row. He's certainly leading the pack for me so far this year. Yeah, he's also averaging 24 points a game. I have him uh, as an All-Star in the West. I have. I mean, how could you not have Boogie Cousins uh, in, in the uh, in the All-Star game as a starter? Uh, 29.1 points a game. Boogie Cousins with all that attitude. He's had a 55-point game uh, so far this year. Uh, he has. He's on a team of total losers, and <laughs> he's still doing great stuff. Uh, and I don't think he's with the Sacramento Kings for very long. But right now, amazing. He's certainly a uh, an All Star in the front court. And the last guy I have is a, is a, a dude that I saw in person when I was in New Orleans a couple of weeks ago doing some scouting uh, at, down in, uh, in with the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, 29.6 points a game, 2.1 blocks a game, and sneaky good. I know that's that's hard to say, but the, the a couple of times that I've seen Anthony Davis play, um, he's just sort of snuck in there and been wonderful. And, and, and uh, again, he's averaging almost 30 points a game. Anthony Davis rounds out my Western Conference All-Star starters uh, with 29.6 points per game how about you for the front court i think i'd, I'd say the same thing uh Kawhi leonard he's really the the guy who the spurs depend on he he's basically the point guard if he's not bringing the ball up they're just giving him the ball so i mean he's a he's really the first option and also the first option on the defensive end uh uh the you know boogie cousins i i would agree but at the same time what really makes an all-star and i know i'm going to get into like this type of psychology type of discussion uh you know he's been playing well on the court i think he deserves it with his play on the court but his attitude uh, especially how he, you know treated that reporter do you really think he deserves it be you know because I, I think it's two-sided i think it's the personality the character and also the play so i think his play does not outweigh that attitude so i'm gonna say anthony davis instead of him uh and the third one it's a little bit hard uh to make a to make this pick I'm going to say just Kevin Durant, even though I don't think he deserves it. Uh, because, I mean, he already went to a stacked team and he's playing Ooh. well. So I'll say Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis and Kawhi Leonard. I, I say boo because it's, it's uh, I don't want to root for Kevin Durant. I mean, you can't make a wrong pick when you look at Golden State and uh, what Kevin Durant's done. He's assimilated into that team phenomenally. Uh, he's obviously a great player. I just, for me, it, it, it's tough. It, it's tough to pick a guy like Kevin Durant going where he went for the reasons why he went there versus Boogie Cousin, who's stuck there. <laughs> he doesn't want to be there. He hates being there. Uh, and and he's a winner. A tough call on the way. He's a winner. Boogie Cousins is a winner. Is that what you just said? He's winning my what? vote every day by his play on the court. What do you mean? Oh, not, not, nice save because I was going to ask you what has he won. <laughs> he's 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 won my heart. How about that? Uh, I know we're going to disagree on the on the East at least. Yeah, I think so. the East is it, it, the East is a little bit more controversial because um, I for me we'll go front court and then go to back court. I, I look at the front court and uh, I, LeBron James. I mean, you feel like an idiot for saying LeBron James because because you want to be a contrarian and pick anybody but LeBron James because everybody else is going to pick him. But you can't. LeBron James is the best player on the planet. 
I had a contra- uh, conversation. What? Are you serious? Oh, my God. Better than Kawhi Leonard. Oh, okay. I see how it is. Yeah. LeBron James is the best player on the planet. Are you serious right now? Like, you're going to you're gonna tell me Kawhi is better than LeBron? You're a total Absolutely. homer, man. Oh, my God. You're a troll, sir. You're just a troll. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you serious right now? You know what? You're I'm on my serious. Christmas list. LeBron is amazing. LeBron's amazing, and and he's uh, in, for my money. And you have your time here in a second, but best player on the planet. I had a conversation with my buddy here. You know, he might be the best player ever, and I don't think that's big a, a huge stretch. He's bigger than anybody else. I think I, I don't know if he could take Jordan off the dribble, but he can shoot. He can dunk. He can defend. He's huge. He could just he could beat up Michael Jordan, who I previously thought was the best player ever. I think LeBron might be go down as the best all-around player in the NBA of all time. So there's no way that I can't keep him off of my uh, – or that I can keep him off of my um, Eastern Conference uh, you know, list here for the All-Star game. In the front court, sharing it with him, I got the Greek freak. Wow. <laughs> Which I know he's playing point guard, but I got to have him as, as a front court player. That's I. It just doesn't fit any other way. Um, honorable mention there. I've got uh, Mello, twenty three points a game, three assists a game. Uh, the, you know, three assists doesn't sound like a lot, but for Mello, that's a big deal. In the back court, Demar Derozan's got twenty seven points a game, um, and then I'm looking there at, at Kyrie Irving, uh, who I think is having a great season for him. I know it skipped around a little bit, but from a, a front court perspective, the, the last guy I've got is Jimmy Butler. Um, how about for you? What, what are you thinking for the Eastern Conference? And, and uh, tell me why LeBron James is the worst player to ever play in the NBA. Well, I don't think he's the worst player right now. I think he's the second best player. I think uh, for all the reasons that you mentioned that it, why he's better than I'm guessing Jordan, that's that's Kawhi. Kawhi is a better shooter now than he was before. Uh, he's the best defender in the league. He's a great rebounder. Uh, he's like, w- w- what did you describe him? Bigger than any- everybody else. He's what, six, seven with freakishly long arms. Uh, he-, he can take you off the dribble because he, his arms are so long. He'll just like dribble a few steps in front of you, uh, and finish at the rim strong. Uh, he can play multiple pos- positions like LeBron. I just think at right now, uh, you know, obviously I would take LeBron in his prime, but right now I'll take Kawhi Leonard. And the only and one of the reasons why I would take Kawhi is because the last time they met in the playoffs, somebody got better they got the better of, of somebody else and that was the Spurs winning the 2014 championship that they beat them so bad he had to go back home. So, that, that's Kawhi, bro. I thought we were going to disagree. We I we basically agreed on on every pick. So, it's cuz we're so in sync or we're an amazing commentating crew. But, you know, I I think they should have put Giannis as a point guard if he's playing point guard screw the size i know that's why they put him as a as a basically a forward yeah. or a front court player just put him at the at the uh at the point guard spot then that that team would that starting unit would have absolutely destroyed him if if then you started mellow and then giannis at the point guard position i guess you would have to bump down Kyrie. so i mean that'd be a huge team no, no way that the west could have contended you know, what a weird thing that they did i mean seriously he's played point guard all year the, the nba has made a big deal about Giannis playing point guard, right? Yet he's listed as a front court player. It's strange, and it's only because of his size. Well, I mean, what do they classify Magic Johnson as? 
they never talk about his height. The fact that he could play all five positions and did play all five positions at one point, uh, you know, during a game, uh, you know, they won't uh, argue that. But I mean, I, I just felt bad for Giannis because really, you know, that's taking credit away from him. The fact that he's that tall, that athletic, and he's playing the one position, uh, you know, I, I just think they're they're taking some credit away from him by doing this. I, I agree, and you know, I'm I'm gonna. Uh, move away from the topic a little bit but um, again when I was kicking my friend's ass this morning shooting threes like JJ Reddick style just killing him from distance uh, this morning my buddy Nate brought up this con uh, this uh, this concept or this this discussion about uh, ESPN they they do this show where it's like they list off the top five dunkers of all time top five passes of all time have you seen any of those no, I try to stay away from that, well, from the mainstream is, media. Yeah, from the lamestream media. You're so Republican, man. You're so Republican. Um, <laughs> they do this uh, top five passes, and this Joe Dumars pass to Rodman was incredible. I get all that. Great passes. You brought Max Johnson. He was not in that, which is strange to me because, you know, that one where he, like, puts the ball in a dish and then, like, serves it like a waiter. It's amazing. Um, he was not on that list. The, the thing that got me from it was actually the top five dunkers, and I can't recite them to you, but um, like Zach Levine was in there, which I thought was interesting. You know, modern day player LeBron was on there. The guy and Dominique was on. Maybe I can't. Dominique was on there. Kobe was on there. Um, uh, Jordan, I'm sure it was the other guy, right? So there's your top five. The guy that left off that list uh, was was somebody I brought up early in the show. How is Sean Kemp not on that list? Uh, well, Zach Levine was on the list, you said, right? Uh, yeah, I yeah just Zach saw. Levine was on the list. But Sean Kemp, if he would kill you. He would dump on you and then kill you in the parking lot. He was so vicious. He, he would dunk the soul out of you, I guess, is what you're saying. Yeah, he's amazing. And he was not on the list of top dunkers. It, it just seemed very strange to me. We need to do an own pod about top five, bottom five in these in these categories. Uh, I mean, you watched it, you said, right? Or your friend brought it up? Uh, I I also watched it, but he brought it up this morning. Oh, what about the passers? Was Manu on there? Manu was not on there. It was it was, oh, a, bunch that, of, it was a bunch of old guys, and then you know. Oh, what, then what exactly is Manu? I mean, he, the guy has to shave his head, but we still love him. I wish he would let his hair grow like before, even if there's a mean old bald spot there. I mean, just like give us the feels again. Like he looks like uh, what, what's uh, Hulk Hogan's real name? Terry something. Terry Balea. Terry He's Balea. not Terry Balea, though. Hey, even if he's he looks like Terry Balea, an Argentinian Terry Balea. You Absolutely. Know, I, I, I tried watched... to grow my hair like that once. But I have so much hair on my head, like I it, it literally looks like uh like I look one of those like like those uh wishing trolls. You, you remember those? <laughs> like, like if I let my hair grow. Yeah. So I I mean after two weeks, and, and that's the same thing with my beard. My I shaved two days ago and I already have it coming out like all crazy, so uh, I tried to copy Manu once. I, I wish he would just grow it out. Give us the fields one more time before you go. Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, um, so we got your we got your all star team. Uh, clearly, I picked the better team, um, which uh, I think we actually picked the same team, didn't we? I had better logic for picking my team. You had better logic, but I think I had a better team. Oh no, um, we didn't because I didn't pick Boogie. Yeah, huge mistake. Huge mistake. Um, well, we'll see what happens, but uh, the Spurs, I mean, I'm telling you what, Paul Garcia, he's doing this thing on ProjectSpurs.com, which I'm totally into, because 
I, I one time I watched every game, right? And I wrote a book about it, Project Eighty Two. You can get it on Amazon. <laughs> Shameless uh, plug. Uh, but You've been waiting for that ever since the Monroe plug, huh? I, I know, I know. <laughs> so I, I wrote a book about it. I watched every game for an entire season in the playoffs. I watched the, the preseason. It was a ridiculous amount of games watched. Um, and uh, and I didn't think about doing games in chunks like this. Paul Garcia on ProjectSpurs.com has been doing like 10-game recaps, right? So the first 10 games, the second 10 games, the third 10 games. So, you know, Spurs have 30 games under their belt so far, and he's done a review. So the latest 10-game review and then kind of uh, positions that against the previous two iterations of that series. Um, I think it's an amazing way to look at the season, right? Because it, it, what do you hear all the time uh, from, from NBA coaches? Um, Jose, they play them in, in little sections, right? The, the season's too long to not kind of carve it up. Nobody says, oh, we're going to play an 82-game chunk. They say, we're going to play the next three games. We're going to play the next 10 games and see where we're at, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Thanks for all your support. Uh, <laughs> in the last 10 games, uh, the Spurs won 8-2. And, two. and uh, on, on Paul's last review, um, he really breaks that down really well. Uh, you know, the Spurs have been stepping it up from uh, the first 10 games, second ga- 10 games, and the third uh, offensively. You know, they were 107 points uh, per game, which ranked sixth in the NBA during the first 10 games of the year. Uh, and the, the the last 10 that they just got off, they, they jumped it up a whole other point, which doesn't sound like a lot, but they're 108.9 points a game. Uh, which is actually pretty phenomenal because that's that's a di- that's a true difference maker for the rest of the year. Their three point percentage have jumped all, about three points per game, uh, and they're number one in the NBA. You know, think about their season so far, Jose, and and let me know in their last ten games, sort of the streak that they've been on. Um, how you viewed that ten game series versus the previous twenty games? I actually have breaking news. Do you want the breaking news now? Oh, I want. Is it about Kerry Fisher? No, it's about the Spurs. Let's, let's hear it. They waved Nico. They no. waved Nico. Really? Yes. Really? Well, by the time everybody's hearing about it, they're going to be like, oh, but these losers were talking about it yesterday and we recorded it instead of going live. Anyways, <laughs> we can talk about that later. Um, you know, I. No, but that was your guy. That was your guy that you were saying on the last podcast. No, no. How dare you? I am a the Jante Murray fan. Oh my right? god! I was a Baines. No, I was a Baines fan. Check and I was a Boban Four nineteen. Four nineteen. Play it back. No, I'd rather not. I don't live in the past, bro. Okay. <laughs> um, what was the? I forgot who they were playing. Hubie Brown was a commentator. Was on uh, the headset there, calling the action. I forget who they were playing, but Hubie said something along the lines of, "San Antonio barely had their first full practice as a team." And after that game, they've looked crisper. I think that's really it. Uh, the fact that they haven't had a full practice. They looked sort of lost. They were playing off their own individual skills and trying to you know, help each other out. Powell has looked tremendously improved on the defensive end. David Lee is now the vocal leader. You know, if you notice when he gets on uh, on the floor, he's telling guys in a yeah. Tim Duncan way, this guy's over there. Amazing. Watch out for this guy. I mean, and, and, and it's really amazing. Not, I mean, he's a veteran, so he has a voice. But he, it's his first year with the team. Not a lot of guys want to say, oh, I'm going to have this type of voice with this you know, established team and established environment. Well, it's kind uh, of a, so, it, it, I'm sorry to interrupt, but you know, my impression of be. David Lee is he's kind of a loser, right? <laughs> like, 
Like, um, here we go. Well, At least no, I say they're nice guys before I diss them. Well, no, no, but I mean, David. I mean, for me, dude. I as soon next game I go to in San Antonio, I'm wearing a David Lee sweatshirt. I'm gonna have a David Lee mask, uh, David Lee hat, anything I can. It's like it's like in. Uh, was this year with Eddie Murphy where he had a mushroom shirt and a mushroom belt, mushroom jacket? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, no, I don't. Boomerang. Boomerang. Um, so I'm going to like boomerang for David Lee. He's my favorite spur right now. I, I told you he's uh, in the last podcast. I think he's playing way above his gourd. I think he's doing fantastic. Um, a great player. And like you were talking about, was talking on defense. I uh, was doing things that are – you, you didn't expect from David Lee. You know, the things that David West was supposed to be doing. But you look at David Lee, and I was like, man, he was – okay, so he's, he was great in New York, um, got a lot of pub in New York, went to Golden State, was just sort of like, nah, he was there. I didn't know what to think of when he came to, to uh, San Antonio. But my observations so far have been totally consistent with the things that you've been saying – um, David Lee is, he's like a vocal leader. It's strange. I mean, he has taken over a leadership role on San Antonio's squad. Yeah. And I think it really goes with, um, the debt. I, I want to say the dedication to the team concept that the veterans have there, you know, like Ginobili and Patty Mills, they allow him to do that. You know, I don't think with any other team, he would have probably been comfortable. You know, I don't think really with golden state, you know, uh, Draymond Green would be comfortable with somebody yelling to him, "Hey, guard, go guard that guy." You know, he'd probably kick him in the nuts and tell him, "I know what I'm doing." <laughs> you, you know, I, I mean, I think it's really the team atmosphere that allows him to be like that. But the fact that he is like that from the get go is very impressive. So I think it was from that game on. I, and I forget what game. Feel free to let me know because it's going to bug me uh, when Hubie was commentating. But when he said that, it made sense. And at the same time, it was more. It just made their record more impressive. The fact that they haven't had a full practice. And they were as good as they were before that. So I, I credit really the fact that now they're coming together. They know each other's talents. If you, what I want you to uh, keep an eye on, uh, eye out on, is Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard, and really the guards that are playing that perimeter defense. You know, now they're comfortable with the help. Before they would be giving up the shots because it, it, it's sort of like they were saying, "Well, I don't, I'm not sure if Powell's going to be there, or Lamarcus, or uh, Deadman, or David Lee." Now they play those guys so far up now to kill the shot that they have that confidence, the confidence that somebody's going to be there to help them. So I, I think the really the first full practice made all the all, all the uh, difference in the world. So. Um... The Spurs have been been doing great the past ten games. Like I said, eight and two. What are you looking at for their next ten games? Do you do you feel like they can match this momentum? I mean, they're they're number two in the NBA, second best record uh, overall. Do you think they can keep this momentum up? It, it just seems astonishing to me that they've adapted or adopted this kind of chemistry so early in the year. You and I both thought um, that they would not have this level of chemistry, camaraderie, whatever you want to call it, so early in the year, replacing a guy like Tim Duncan. Um, and for me, defensively, I think there's still a gap, like we talked about in the last podcast. Uh, do you think, but all that being said, do you think they can continue this kind of momentum for the next 10 games? Uh, absolutely. I think they're just going to get better. I think their defense is going to get better. Uh, offensively, they're there. And, and I think that's really, uh, if you notice, Danny Green has picked it up since then also. So I think he he sort of had in the back of his mind sort of questioning his defense, you know, how to play it. And that really plays a part in his offense. Now, I mean, he's a quick trigger shot. 
uh, Pudgett, I think, the, as Paul Garcia says, you know, the pull-up jumper in transition, he's more confident now, especially with his defense being a lot better. So uh, I think they're just going to improve. They're a little bit – they're just chipping away at that one seed. There's a chance there, bro. They never say never. There really is, right? I mean, it, it's it's closer than you think for them to be a one seed. <clears throat> and what happens with that one seed? I mean, uh, you, now you're talking about playing Boogie Cousins and the Sacramento Kings in the first round. I mean – that's why he shouldn't be in the All-Star game. That'd be a sweep. Three-game sweep. Well, I mean, the rest of the team... Are you talking about Boogie? I mean, the rest of the team sucks, but, I mean, Boogie Cousins is unbelievable. He's okay. Oh, you wouldn't take Boogie Cousins over Pau Gasol right now? You wouldn't right now, have Boogie Cousins no. on, on your team? Boogie Cousins and LaMarcus Aldridge? Absolutely not. That That's a... Oh, my God. You're that's... insane. You're insane. Where's the, where's the defense, bro? You know, I quit. I quit. Wait, do you remember what he said about uh, Isaiah Thomas? That he would just dribble too much and wouldn't pass it? That's the I, I would not want that guy on my team. Give me Pau Gasol any day. 40 years old over a 20-year-old <laughs> Marcus. You know, uh, you know it, 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 it's all explained because it is the 420th show, so 420. So I understand your claims and, and where they're coming from today. I'm just loyal. That, that's all it is. Gotcha. Uh, okay, so we got your all-star picks. <clears throat> we we did a checkpoint with the Spurs. Anything else to talk about today? Well, Nico, why don't you say something about him? I mean, the guy took a you know a hit to the face. I thought he would have been a spur for life after that. It, it's pretty astonishing to get to get cut like that. I mean, some D league time. I mean, I, I, I guess I I don't know what to think. I mean, is it is is it because Dejounte Murray's got too much? I, I don't know. I mean, is it is the commitment to Dejounte Murray is clear? Um, but Nico's gone. Seems strange to just to uh, say bye. You know, wave. It, see you. Especially when they basically begged him to sign. If you remember, I mean, I after the, after the Olympics, I mean, you, all you heard was San Antonio was interested. You know, get him out there, and you know, I I really think they're looking at how Murray is playing, and you sort of see. He's quick, you know. He's a quick dribbler. How he, how how fast he dribbles the ball, or quick he dribbles the ball, is just insane. Uh, you know, he's lightning quick because you know nothing's really holding him back. I'm, you know, I'm a turtle compared to him because I have all this fat and all this more muscle holding me back. I mean, that kid just 19 years old. He could get to from the rim in, in a blink of an eye from one end to to the other on the court. Uh, I just think I I just really think it, it's more about that versatility that Murray brings because I think he could play the two guard. I really do. Even if he, even if at that lanky uh, type of bo- body that he has, I think you know, just per- perimeter wise, he he could be a pest out there. I think they just fell in love with how he plays. They, they see a Jamal Crawford type player because Crawford really mentored him. They try to you know make him into the player that that he is. So uh, I just think the Spurs practically fell in love with him. Uh, and you know now there's an open roster spot. Who do I mean? Do they keep it open now? It gives this team more flexibility. Um, you know, maybe there's rumors that Tim Duncan will come back. And if there isn't, maybe I just started one. But who knows? <laughs> no, those have been going on, but he's not coming back. I I think you leave it open because why? I mean, why would you fill it? Like, for what point? Um, uh, I'm a little bit disappointed that he's gone. He's waved. Uh, I guess I really had no, atta- no attachment to him other than I saw him play in Austin a bunch of times. And I really liked his game, but he wasn't really – impactful you know what i'm saying like I, I would have rather had tim hardaway jr you know playing here like like in austin like he did last year 
Um, <clears throat> he wasn't dominant. He kind of was passive. I don't know. I mean, it just seemed it seems strange because, like you said, the Spurs really wanted him to sign, really wanted him to be here, and and I guess they saw something that he just didn't work out. I don't know. It's it's strange. I'm not in their head. I don't really think about what's going on with Popovich's head. Um, but uh, well, maybe, and at the same time, we don't know. Maybe maybe he has to be released. He's not getting playing time. Uh, maybe he was just he didn't feel comfortable in Austin. At the same time, you know, and, and you know, I'm sure he's a nice guy. I, ha- I have not met him, but you know, maybe I, I think you would cut if it was your decision. You'd really cut a Kyle Anderson. Yeah, thank Brent God. Forbes, I yeah, thank you. Yeah. Or a Brent call. Forbes because uh, Forbes is really you know he's that Gary Neal type player. You oh. know, he's too small to be a two, but he, he can't play the one really. Uh, so I, I think you would have released both of those guys if it was really a decision that they, you know, just trying to open up a spot. I, I really think, I mean, he's established in Argentina, isn't he? I mean, he's a, he's, yeah. he's not a big name like Manu, but he's a big name remember, uh, for he what did, he's done he for the Argentinians. He didn't want to come so. here because he didn't want to come here because it was his already professional career. So I get why he would bail. And let me tell you about Forbes right there. I met that guy uh, after a game. Nice guy. Nice guy. I'm that sure. dude is grateful for where he's been. And let me tell you something else. Dead eye dude. Like he is cocky. He knows where he's going. Um I, I would want to be around that guy. Yeah, he's 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 kind of an in-betweener, like you said, but so is Isaiah Thomas. The real Isaiah oh, Thomas. My goodness. And I'm not, you know, I don't want to overly compare these two together. But Well, all three of them would be falling under the same category. Yeah, no? it's kind of because Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, yeah, but he, and I'm not saying that he's got the same skills, but the guy, he's like he's mean when he's got to be mean. He's a scorer. He's got to score, dude. I've seen him hit game-winning shots. I mean, he's just he's a dude, and so I, I'd rather have a dude on my roster than a passive guy. And it, it seemed like Nico was a little bit passive, you know. So if you're passive, you're not a dude. Right, yeah, right. You just, you're passive, you just took away you're not his masculinity. No, I'm saying you're not a dude. Like that. Like a dude. Well, no wonder you like Boogie, right? Because <laughs> when he's in the paint, you give him the ball. He, he's sort of like Shaq, right? He's going to do something with it. Like, dude. You know, I guess so. Yeah, I guess I get you. Oh, man. Well, uh, well, DeJounte Murray, have you seen him drive? Dude. I, I said that one. I, I said that during the last game. Yeah, like, the, dude, the what are you game. doing? What are you doing? Yeah, nice guy. Very yeah. nice guy. Oh, man. Well, uh, we, we we hit it all, man. We hit Kerry Fisher, George Michael, uh, All Star Game, uh, Spurs. We got it. We got it all. So that is it for this episode of the Spurs Cast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at the Spurs Cast. Catch up with Jose at JRG1023. Uh, you can find me at RyanMC underscore PS. Follow any of the Project Spurs folks at Project Spurs. Uh, Jose, thanks a lot, man. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. If I don't hear from you again. Uh, uh, before then, and you listeners, you are welcome. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.
Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.